The Team Arts Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, this is where we try and figure out the thoughts that animate the actions uh, behind the arts. And uh, today, um, uh, someone whose uh, uh, whose introduction would probably take a podcast in itself. So that's why I'm not even going to attempt uh, trying to uh, uh, trying, trying to describe what she's done. Uh, she's, uh, of course, uh, I don't know if Grand Dame uh, would give offense, but uh, uh, for lack of a better way of uh, explaining it, uh, the one who sort of you know, uh, written a new vocabulary to the language of dance. Uh, the one who has uh, given us uh, uh, hour upon hour of of joy in the creation and the enjoyment uh, of the art of uh, of dance, especially Kathak. Uh, uh, Aditi Mangaldas, ma'am, uh, it is an absolute honor to uh, to have you on our podcast. Thank you so much for sparing the time. Uh, Thank you so much, Sarthak. Thank you so much, Teamwork Arts, to have invited me and share my thoughts with you and see how that animates life, that animates dance, that animates everything around us. Ma'am, uh, I read this beautiful tribute uh, that you had uh, written. Of course, uh, you know, <laughs> it's been uh, talked about uh, so many times, uh, your association with Kumi Ben and uh, uh, and the, the legendary Birju Maharaj. But uh, on his passing, uh, you, uh, there was a beautiful tribute that you had written in the Indian Express. And in the end, you had uh, described this uh, little, uh, uh, you know, anecdote where you had uh, you had performed for his birthday celebrations uh, towards the end of his uh, life. And, uh, and he had come... Uh, backstage and he had told you ki dhamaka tha par uh, wo hawa ka jhonka kaha tha and then you had written this beautiful line that sort of to me uh, epitomizes the dichotomy that exists in the arts uh, uh, which is that you said that uh, he was looking for stillness in the movement and uh, that is what he was expecting of me and uh, and the two art forms that you espouse so beautifully and use so brilliantly, uh, dance and music, uh, you know, are in that way strangely dichotomous because in dance, uh, it is the stillness that also accentuates the movement. In music, it is the silences that uh, sort of bring out uh, uh, the sound. Uh, it'd be fascinating to get your idea about, uh, about uh, uh, you know, uh, getting the, the melange of these two seemingly dichotomous elements to create art. Well, you know, that was um, a slight correction. He didn't come backstage. I had gone to him in the audience. Ah, was. ah I yes. see. And uh, when I did my Pailagi, he said, Kya baat hai? you know, it was like a, like a tornado, but where was that Havaka Jhonka? And I think that is really very important. It's really very, uh, it's, that is what makes an artist. This, this coming together, this constant uh, holding of movement and stillness together. It's not movement, stillness, movement, stillness. It's when the body is ready enough to hold both these two seemingly opposite elements together. And that was uh, the greatness of Maharaji, that he was able to do this um, without a thought. And actually, it can only happen in the moment without a thought. You know, I often say that when you're rehearsing, when you're preparing, when you're creating a work, the process is very often collecting, gathering, observation, conversations with your dance artists, with musicians, with architects, with people who you have a good rapport with. You collect, you read, you read poetry, you go to a museum, you see a tree swaying in the wind. It's collection, collection, collection. And that's how you build that dance movement. But eventually, when you go onto the stage to perform or to share, you need to completely empty out. And I think that's when um, it's a strange thing, because that's when, when you're empty, you are able to connect to the viewer, one by one, individually, seemingly individually, even though you are one person um, in front of hundreds of other people. 
but you are able to connect to each one. And I think, I mean, I'm not saying I can do it or that it's, uh, it's, I think, a hallmark, hallmark of a great artist to have this movement and stillness within yourself. There's, you know, there's also the, the this whole thing about uh, trying to bookend uh, the limitlessness of the imagination within the two walls of the uh, that sort of uh, you know um, about the stage. Um, you've uh, it's also about uh, about asking the right questions. No, it's about the why not instead of the why. And uh, uh, you've been a great exponent of asking why not since since uh, since the beginning, since since you started, and uh, uh, you know it be great to to know when this fascination with movement uh, started for you yeah you know first of all this book and these these sort of barriers not barriers this rekha Re yeah the the boundary so who has set it right has it been set by the dance vocabulary has it been set by the practitioners has it been set by scholars? Has it been set by our environment? Has it been, uh, who has set these, this boundary? So how can anything in a way have a concrete boundary? How can it? I mean, <laughs> you just look out and you can go into an, a limitless space. You go in and you can go into a limitless micro, 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 I don't even know the name of that particle within you, right? So boundaries are, I think, self-made. Sometimes often when you are not scared, fear um, of what, I don't know, fear of, of maybe losing your tradition, fear mm. of what will somebody or ex or society or your other colleagues say fear of not wanting to step into the unknown uh, i think this is really limits one exploration and imagination you use the word imagination so how can imagination have boundaries hmm. that's how we are different from the other living creatures that we can imagine, we can imagine beyond our physical capacity. We can imagine beyond our mental capacity. We can imagine something that may be Kathak, not be Kathak, be something else, be thousands of years old, imagine something thousands of years in the future. So, uh, no, I, 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 I resist it when something, those boundaries are placed by myself at times. Of course, I'm a creature of the same, same process, the same society, the same right. uh, tradition. Uh, so now, how did I start? Well, I don't come from a family of dancers, as you uh, may know from, it's a family uh, predominantly of industrialists and academicians. Uh, but as a young child, and I don't know from where this gene of artistry, uh, I believe my mother wanted to dance, but she was just uh, never encouraged to do so. So we uh, lived with my paternal grandmother and the whole Guju family would come to visit her in the evening. And there was this little table and my mother says that I used to jump on it and try to attract attention through movement. Something I would be doing um, without wanting to also communicate through that. And so they felt that, well, there is some artistic gene in her and they through within their possibilities, they exposed me to music and dance and the fine arts even put me into a community science center which was lovely because we were creating finding our own experiments to create you know just things that were creative um in a in a open and free environment and uh, everything 
fell by the side and dance came to be my calling i must also say that it was a very liberal family i mean i am really lucky to have um we were encouraged to question hmm. at times my dad would say okay, what do you mean i don't think that's right but i would say no but i do <laughs> you know and so why do i i do and why should it be like that we were questioned we were encouraged to question and de- debate and agree and disagree and also this this um equality given to me as a girl child because i have a uh younger brother who i'm very close to but growing up i never felt they, my my immediate family um uh, did not gave me that courage to say no okay we are two human beings that's all of course later on you know you slowly start absorbing and seeing what is around in society that's a different thing but sure. uh, yeah that's how it started it's it's interesting uh, there are three aspects of of what you just said that there will come together to that one question that i want to ask but that's for a little, little later then of course you uh, you decided to uh, uh, to pursue dance uh, you went to some uh, arguably the finest exponents you learned there you mastered the grammar and then in uh, the right way in the spirit of questioning the right way you began to question the vocabulary so that you could make your own uh, you talked about fear earlier as well in the traditional fear uh, sphere there's also a little bit of fear in these questions of uh, you know where the envelope can till where the envelope can be pushed till where that rekha that you uh, that you're talking about and be crossed or realigned was there ever a fear was there ever that fear of questioning when you were learning uh of course of course the fear of you know as i said i'm part of our art culture it's from the same but i was as i said lucky to have the family i that that i did lucky to have the guru uh in shrimati kumudini lakya who encouraged questioning in the arts she said don't wear blinkers you know there's a whole world outside and just don't don't sit within your own parameters and feel self satisfied with um, that and even maharaj ji uh, he uh, himself has said that he looked at the vocabulary of kathak he and kumi men and and uh, worked within it to uh, to make it more um, elegant and and uh, clean it up as he used to say um but i believe that one's greatest guru is life itself you know and in life you question so many things you question your existence you question your relationships you question um what is right what is wrong whether it's right and wrong whether it's gray there is uh, if you don't then you die as an artist to sure. me you have to constantly question you you may not have the answers very often you may not get the answers very often the answers may not arise within you but the questions are there if you don't open a door then you're never going to see that path right sure. so of course the fear was there i mean the fear but you have to look at that fear and you have to say hey what am i scared of you know is it um somebody will sanction me somebody will put me into a bracket um somebody will say well she can't dance this or can't dance that but what is that that compels me to dance i mean actually what is in my priority who am i am i a dancer first or a human being first um and i'm a human being first hmm. am i a dancer or a kathak dancer i'm a dancer right so if i have compulsions of sharing something through the movement of my heart body and mind which to the best of my ability doesn't uh 
doesn't feel right within the broadest parameters of Kathak, what do I do? Do I get let that creative impulse of a human being say, no, 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 I can't have anything to do with it. Or do I find ways, discover ways, question ways of being able to communicate that? I'm a communicate, I'm a storyteller. Katha kahe so kathak. So stories have changed. Each individual has their own, his or her own stories. Each one has her or own life experiences that has fed into the art. How can art exist in a vacuum? How can I say it happened 2000? So exactly like that, I'm going to dance. Then it's dead. I mean, you may be moving, but it's like a dead object in a museum. Sure. Unless it's breathing today's air. And and I think that's the thing. I mean, you're also working on uh, on a story that also asks the question, which is which is what we're going to come to uh, after I've asked this question, uh, which is that uh, even Maharaji himself uh, was pushing the parameters. I mean, uh, he had he had gone and choreographed Bollywood, uh, at, which at that point of time for the traditionalists was uh, probably the worst kind of vulgarization of uh, of the art form, and he also faced backlash. Uh, did you also face a kind of backlash? When when you started to express uh, um, your language as you interpreted it in your dance form? Yes, I think many of the so-called, you know, they say they feel they are holders, the pillars of tradition. Um, I don't think there can be pillars of tradition because it's not a, it's not a fixed structure. It's, it's a river that is flowing. And that is constantly rejuvenating itself and imbibing from whether it's in a valley or whether it's going to, through a forest or whether it's going through a cosmopolitan city full of um, concrete structures. So backlash is there. But I, I told myself, Sartak, right from the beginning that criticism actually is very necessary. Without criticism, that river is just going to have no banks and then you'll be all over the place, you know. So I think I took it in the positive way when they said something, X, Y, and Z. Of course it hurt. All of us have an ego. And at the first, first level of interaction was hurt. Oh my God, you know. Um, second level of interaction was of course being defensive, uh, saying, array. But the third level is actually, if you listen to it, you understand where they are coming from. And then you ask yourself, honestly, what is that concern and how are you going to, how is your work actually, not what I say, because I'm not, a, I'm not either a scholar or, or somebody who communicates with words. How is my work through this vocabulary of Kathak and what I call contemporary work based on Kathak. How am I going to address all these issues to the best possibility of best way as an artist I can with honesty, passion and complete abandon. Ma'am, I think there's also the fact that as is the case with any language, I think evolution changes it. I mean, and, and I think change and evolution sort of go hand in hand. I mean, even if you were to look at English as a language, Shakespearean English was very different from what we speak now. Um, I, and, and it must evolve to stay alive and, uh, and, and rejuvenated, as you said. Um, do you, when you're making this, uh, do you think it is the responsibility of an artist who is truly, truly an exponent of an art form to help the art form, the language of the art form evolve? Do you think that is also one of the primary responsibilities of an artist? I wouldn't call an artist an artist if they're, they're, they were not evolving. Because hmm. then you are merely imitating or translating you know it's um you are just taking something and without it's like uh, being so uh, so stuck um not being aware of the pulse of the now so for me that person honestly is not an artist in the true sense of the word 
evolution. I mean, we are changing every second. Our brain cells are dying after a certain age. Every so, what are we talking about? What are we trying to protect? Because it's always been moving. There's all. If you see Kathak itself, forget anything else. There has been a whole. If you see the Kathak dancers of fifty years ago, hundred years ago, twenty-five years ago. If you see Kathak dancers of just two years ago, just see how this pandemic, how so many things have changed. You know, and if if that evolution is not part of our everyday being. Um, I wouldn't. Uh, I would go as far as to say I wouldn't call that person an artist. Right. I think. Uh, oh, sorry. Also, sorry. Sorry. May I interrupt? Please, yeah. please. There is. I forget who said this, but some great philosopher that one great art can never be translated into another great art form. It can only be transformed. And what does transformation mean? It means a complete when you go into ashes, and from that ashes, something else evolves. And transformation is something that you have to constantly look at. You can't take a piece of poetry and just translate it into dance. Poetry, great poetry, had its own place. How do you? Make that into translate it into this very tangible body, intangible uh, expressions of your heart, and 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 how your mind. How does that happen? Sure. Uh, the other I, I I don't think if responsibility is the right word, but uh, you know uh, uh, the other uh, uh, okay I'll go with responsibility for the sake of <laughs> you know understanding is is asking the questions as you said if you don't question how are you going to tell the story and uh, in today's day and age the current situation that we are in questions have become weapons as well and uh, there is an active. Uh, discouragement of asking questions but we were always told that there are no right there are no wrong questions you know only probably wrong answers and uh, your your current uh, the work that you're currently working on uh, is asking questions that uh, are uncomfortable and discomfort in that way is probably also a very important ingredient in art itself uh, but do you think that in the current scenario that we are in uh, the uncomfortable questions that need to be asked are being second guessed because of the extraneous circumstances that lead to the answers which might not necessarily be related to the question sometimes we think we know all the answers sarthak so even <laughs> yeah. the question is posed you seem to have the answers for me it's very <clears throat> necessary as you said uh, there are no right or wrong questions um and there may never be an answer but that quest that search that opening of a door for any artist is very important sometimes through the question the answer evolves itself you know it it, it comes about itself sometimes it's all very abstract but yeah uh, you know i i always say that you can't you can't answer a question all this unless you go to the studio and every day wear your bells and and vigorously rigorously do riyaz riyaz means dedicated immersion you get immersed so much within that thing and that's when you when you ask questions your body it's strange sometimes you ask questions and your body answers on its own it won't answer if you've not done that set that really intense passionate immersed rigor and vigor no uh your mind answers 
your heart suddenly you suddenly go out into a movement and you say, oh wow where did that come from you know it's um, if you don't go for a walk you're not going to notice um that new leaf or the fallen flower or a falling star if you just don't go for a walk and it's as simple as that so you need to take that plunge um and certain times questions are uncomfortable like in my new both my new works yeah uh uncomfortable because uh conditioning is very much part of a uh, human psyche you know we start getting conditioning conditioned from uh, such a uh, from childhood um, we are from our indian um uh, scenario cultural scenario we start hearing um stories mythological stories um which also start um start building a certain conditioning within us unknowingly subconsciously um there are um comments uh, you know sayings which are said so easily uh, don't cry like a girl you know maine kya chudi pehen rakhi hai very very normal everyday kind of thing um it becomes part of your um your psyche Sure. Okay. Uh, things like chhedchad, like in Kathak, uh, there is a whole um, thing of chhedchad, which actually means no means yes, <laughs> if I may say so. Sure. You know? Now, I was so taken up by when I saw the great performers doing this. Actually, I didn't see the message that it was slowly, um, insidiously. Is that a right word? absolutely seriously uh, pouring into each of us you know yeah. like underground stream that was sort of slowly slowly building these conditionings within us mohe panghat pe nandlal chhed gaye ore chhed gaye ore haan ji so i think it built 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 and till suddenly and it's not very i mean it's just 10 years ago i said hey wait what am i dancing yes the movement is beautiful the structure is beautiful um but what is the message that i'm re um constantly giving so these are the th- kind of things i think um one has to question sure like it dislike it that's a different thing without questioning you can't go ahead let's take female sexuality yeah that's the the that's my new solo um why is the world uh, scared of female sexual fantasy why do we feel awkward i myself feel awkward right now to discuss sex you know to use that word um why is that why is it that women from time immemorial from cultures from across the world in different levels but constantly are sanctioned judged compartmentalized controlled and eventually punished for owning their own desire why you know why is it that we feel that if women were able to own their own desires were able to express um this uh, whole very natural biological emotional physical um uh, part of our lives what's going why will society not accept it why are we going to always say um she's a this or she's a that or she's a, you know hmm. immediately judge but ma'am there's also this fact that 
in in the current scenario everything needs to be put in a box and why has become a bit of a troublesome question and a weapon in itself um so uh, and especially for an art form like dance which does not use explicit words but it uh, tends to get the message through the subtlety of nuance um are you finding yourself second guessing the content that you're making because of uh, the reaction that i that it might get uh, that's that's question number one, which is whether you're second guessing. The second fact is that today, I think increasingly, and you could correct me if I'm wrong, uh, I'm you know, information is being confused with knowledge. Information is passive, but knowledge needs to be an active assimilation of information. But today, because there's so much information and so little effort at knowledge, um, uh, uh, you know, meanings are being attributed to a message that might mean something completely different. So are these, uh, uh, so, so that's two parts of the question. Are these also one uh, uh, that uh, if it's making you second guess because of uh, the whys and the boxes that we are we're living in and uh, second being whether uh, there is a little bit of a thought about the fact that the message might be misinterpreted because there's not enough knowledge and probably a little too much information. Yes. Okay, let me get to your, do I, Am I second guessing what the reaction may be? What the... uh, very honestly, yes, at times, of course, I am. You know, not second guessing, but apprehensive at times. And then I watch that apprehension. Um, and I say, why is that? I started this conversation with my son and my mother about my sexuality. I said, these are the two people who I would feel the most awkward. I'm already putting into a compartment what my son or my mother are going to respond or how they are going to um, uh, receive this, uh, this questioning of mine. Right. Um, and it was a very liberating thing, sir. Uh, I, I'm sure they also felt very liberated that, you know, we, I, I can have this conversation with my mother or my mother says, OK, I can have this conversation with my daughter, because that's what we do very little as far as, of course, sexuality is concerned, that we have practically no conversations at all in a way, you know, um, and um, yes, at times this little kira of second mm. guessing does uh, crawl in. Um, I like to watch it and I like to, yeah, because otherwise um, I'm not being truthful. Sure. You know, the process has that is very much part of it. Sure. I can't, as I say, I can't create this piece, which is so much part of my life. I mean, sexuality of, of, of humanity, it's so much part of their lives. So how can I put myself in four walls and create this piece? No, there is this apprehension you know uh, you have to watch it you have to say look this is my conditioning responding a conditioning of a fairly liberal childhood conditioning oh. of a fairly liberal way of living my life you know a or somebody who can openly talk about it personally even then there is so um, yes and and to keep that apprehension and from that bring out something because what is um, a work without your vulnerability i mean Excellent. Yeah. yeah they you know i i find this tuck, 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 and this and this and this and this no huh. please uh, humanity there is so much vulnerability it's when you have uh, the courage to open that out and say, hey, here, I'm also human. I have these uh, issues. I get nervous. I get scared. I get angry. And it's through that um, process that I have created this. So, yeah. Sure. Uh, and what about the message, the messaging bit? Uh, the, the fact that, you know, the message might get uh, misinterpreted. Does that ever enter the uh, uh, the scheme of things while you're making your art? Uh, 
No, I, what happens is I, when I'm making it, I a question myself, but of course, then I have people who I trust, who watch the work um, and constantly question me about my intention. See, eventually I'm the dancer and I'm the choreographer. So eventually it will be a vision that has come within from me, right? Mm -hmm. But there may be something that I'm not seeing, not aware of, being blind to, you know, being scared of. So I'm not opening out. I'm, I'm going there and then pulling back, going there and pulling back. So there will be, I, I respect these people who I have with me, who are my collaborators, um, who watch rehearsals, who watch the process, who watch. We have lots of chats, lots of um, rehearsals. That, and they question, what's my intention? If you're trying to say this, okay, we are getting that. But you are saying this, but the messaging is something else. Now, whether, see, whether that's, yes, there is a lot of information. And with information, uh, I think we start thinking we know it all. I think let's just start with the premise that we don't know it. <laughs> that's a good way of beginning any journey um, that I don't know what lies on the other side. Um, to give you an example, I there was a part of this piece that I'm doing on a Meera, Naina uh, Banapadi, Meera piece, huh? but it's now when I was dancing it, I danced it, danced it, danced it. And um, it's like this young girl discovering her, um, this flower growing within her of, of, of sensuality, of eroticism. It's just slowly, slowly her body is flowering. Um, and then there are premonitions of premonitions of really, I use the word premonitions, but like vision suddenly of what may come, sure. you know? Um, and I didn't see, I put in the premonitions, but I didn't see the message I was giving uh, because I just went and danced my full katha, you know, the whole piece. Till, till people, till my collaborators watched it and they said, hey, listen, if, if there is a flower and suddenly it's shut, okay, you feel, you feel something, something has been shut, right? Isn't that going to make you question something within you? Hey, what is it? I am feeling this desire, but somewhere it, there is a sanction. There is a hand here until you go, doesn't that need to enter the next time you dance something immediately after that, you see? So how mm. do you unravel? How do you close up whichever way it is? Um, and therefore it's very important to constantly have people giving you feedback, people so, who you trust. As you said, it's important and I think uh, this story lies firmly in the greys, but with with today's obsession with everything that is either black or white, this or that, you think um, you think uh, uh, the space for expressing yourself artistically is shrinking because you know we were talking to Kwasar Padamsi uh, uh, as part of this po uh, podcast a little uh, a while earlier, and he said that we've actually begun to uh, you know second guess ourselves when we write our plays. He said that we are self censoring because we want our story to be told. You know, so the question that we keep asking ourselves is whether in trying to tell the story that we want to, are we actually scuttling our own story? Uh, should we put in a little bit of uh, external circumstances so that it is a little more acceptable? So he's saying that we are self-censoring, we are second-guessing as well. Uh, but what that's doing also is that it is inhibiting us from expressing ourselves the way we would want to. So my question to you is, do you think that uh, with the current uh, obsession with the blacks and the whites, the, the space for expression, though it be there, is shrinking? You know, this is what I mean by saying that be constantly aware. Hmm. There is nothing black and white. There's a whole range yes. of 
things in between and that is where the discovery of your work lies so you start with these two polarities but that you may start from the end of the black or the white okay somewhere you have to have a peg where you begin but the sure. peg can't become the work right so you cannot the the of course self censoring as i said being aware is what's going to happen how will be the reaction these are things that keep coming if you are aware of that then you are aware that that peg or that black or white doesn't become the work those were places you began from yeah you have to start somewhere you have to open the book somewhere to start reading hmm. right but that that page doesn't become the story it's, sure it's the discovery in between right and and it's the uh, it's the openness to see if you're falling into that trap and as artists i i have seen myself very often falling into that trap you know uh, into this very black and white trap mm, mm, mm. of course of because course. at times um you it's easy to do you know it's very yeah. easy to fall back let's say in in classical dance on on tradition on what your guru has taught you what is accepted what is the norm um and you just say you feel comfortable it's when you push that barrier get uncomfortable and then find your truth within it kitni baar hota hai it's but you have to be you have to constantly sometimes like uh, my this brilliant dancer and um, choreographer akash odedra uh, you know i was talking to him i was saying i'm getting stuck akash you know i'm not it's just like everything to me feels as if it's like this you know um and that so that piece that i was working on is not breathing it's stuck as i said between the black either black or white and he sh- he said aditi ben uh, just park it let it be and do just just do anything else you like and in, go back to it after. and i went back to it today in fact it's a very very uh, current experience i just wasn't getting any of the nuances just not feeling it you know right and suddenly something happened today <laughs> but <laughs> so, that, but uh, be honest to be aware uh be well you are going to be scared be scared but watch that fear and be vulnerable yeah. i i you know i like to i rather be guided by doubt than by surety because by surety you don't ask any questions you just think you know everything yeah <laughs> yeah because that's the problem though no? mal- yeah. uh, which is the problem with many of our um uh, uh, well artists you know <laughs> sure <laughs> there's also uh, you know the fact that uh, of course you're creating art and then that art is being consumed so uh, there is the performance aspect of it and then there's the audience aspect of it you've of course seen a, a wide spectrum of uh, of audiences uh, have you seen them change and if you if you have how have how has the reception of of your art uh, changed or evolved look there is one practical thing that has changed obviously today and and it has been sort of drilled in even more through the last two years of this um, instant gratification of 30 seconds of of watching dance i mean i honestly had people come up to me and said oh you aditi and i said yeah yeah and i'm feeling very happy oh my god you know they see me perform somewhere and they say oh we are following you on instagram and we love your dance now i'm not posted anything on instagram that's more than 45 seconds you see uh, and I, i i and my heart sinks because i say oh my god you know 
what is that depth I will have to go in to actually have that person sitting in the audience when I'm dancing for one hour? What is that exploding or imploding thing that I, I especially these two years, because everybody has been on, on uh, the... But I think, look, Kumi Men, my Guruji used to say, there is good dance and there is bad dance, you know, and, <laughs> and yeah, and that, that very often we as artists um, become very complacent. Um, and complacency is when we become ir irrelevant. Hmm. And because hmm. what the stories you are saying um, are not, it's not whether the audience is in India or somewhere in Timbuktu or wherever else in the world, but time is flowing, right? We, I'm aging, things are moving. How, if you're not aware of this, why would a person come into a theater um, if you don't give her or him an experience in a, in a way that is not possible through this, this other media or, or, or challenge their way of thinking, hmm. you know? Yeah. I mean, you just give them something, huh, about a child, beautiful dance, <laughs> fabulous, and then you go out and then you forget and then you say, you don't remember. Like, um, uh, that fragrance of that needs to, Absolutely. I'm not saying I can do it at all. I'm just saying that we need to be, as artists, really uh, not, I mean, go far away from any form of complacency. And now things opening out, it's going to be even, even tougher. People have got used to these. Yeah. You know, so. And also to moving on, no, I mean, it's so wonderfully put the, the fragrance after the, the, the performance. So I work on radio. I've, I've worked almost more than half my life on radio. And, you know, we were told by the finest uh, in the industry. And of course, this is personal experience as well. That if you can make someone remember what you've said five minutes after the radio has been turned off, you have done a great show, yes. you know. Exactly. If you've made someone think about you and your message, it's you have accomplished what the what what you were supposed to do in that period of time. Uh, and talking of time, as you said, time is is moving on. It is always linear. What do you see as the future of um, of the of the art form of dance of Kathak in particular and classical dance in in general? Sarthak. I am not thinking about tomorrow, let alone. <laughs> the, yeah, it's uh, been uh, such a roller coaster um, for for the whole of humanity and for the arts sector especially. So I don't want to project something which I have no idea about. My reality is of the moment right now. Um, and yes, of course, practically, I have a premiere, I have something there, something there. But I want to create in this moment where my heart, body and mind is now. Yeah, sure. so I can't really, I'm not, I'm not a scholar to be able to project how dance will be or what will be or where I want to be. Um, honestly, because whatever I was thinking two years ago, uh, I mean, any of us were thinking, didn't right? So um, I find it much more um, meaningful piece for the peace of my mind also to con to concentrate on what I have right now and and to uh, you know what you mentioned. This is very. Uh, relevant to Kathak, ki aapne baat ki ki, uh, five minutes later, if somebody remembers what you've said, so that means that they, that fragrance of it has yes. remained. Uh, you see, Kathak was danced, uh, still danced, 
very often uh, where you say now see this now see that now see how i take 50 turns right now there was a time and place for that i felt because the whole intention was to chamatkar karna ek ki wa 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 50 chakkar ha i for me the last many years has been about chamatkar to karna hai wo to you can't take away that aspect from the art but if you do those 50 turns you may have people clapping and they may remember post they come out of kamani got into their car and then that's it ki bahut acche se 50 chakkar kiye now but if those 50 turns are such that you suddenly remember yourself where your first love you know what happened to you or or something that that went all asunder in your life you know which was like then what happens that it just doesn't stop at the gate of the kamani auditorium yeah, yeah. remains with you absolutely and i think you need to touch that space in you each human being with your art with your questions with your vulnerability with your strengths um that that is the point that you need to and also i think ma'am the 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 finger tingling uh, uh spine chilling sensation of having made a moment mean that much more to you and to someone else yes. through a story that you that you tell i think it's about it and and i think the pandemic has made us realize how much moments can mean because you know living in the moment is so important and uh, and over the years you've you've made moments mean so much more to almost a generation of uh, uh, of those who have had the privilege of uh, of watching you perform and to have uh, you, you're very generous that's uh, no i think i i think the generosity lies with you as well to share the gift that you've been given with us and uh, and that is a privilege that uh, uh, that we are very very grateful for uh, and of course uh, we are also very very grateful for your time and and for uh, for the thoughts that only can come from experience and there is no beating experience and and the kind of uh, uh the kind of expression that you have given to the thought is uh, is something that uh, we will cherish here at uh, at teamwork art podcast so thank you very much for that ma'am thank you so much thank you for having me thank you that's the teamwork art podcast uh, teamwork art podcast ladies and gentlemen uh, please follow us on social media the idea is to make you think a little because thinking is becoming such a privilege nowadays it's a good idea to uh, to chew on these thoughts and and see how you like the taste and if you do like the taste do let us know on our social media handles uh, what's going to be uh, up next well for that you just have to follow us and then you'll know thank you very much for listening uh, this is the teamwork art podcast my name is sarthak